Hey there, MuggleCast listeners. I am back to inform you of some excellent news. GoDaddy.com is having better deals than ever. For only $3.59 a month for 12 months, you can get GoDaddy.com's Economy Package. With 250 gigs of bandwidth, 5 gigs of storage, and up to 500 email accounts, you can get your own website up and running with success. And as usual, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out. Save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Today's MuggleNet podcast is brought to you by Borders. In May, thousands of Harry Potter fans descended upon New Orleans for the Phoenix Rising Conference. Borders was there to take in the sights and share a lively discussion of the series that has bewitched the world with some of Harry's most dedicated fans. Listen in and watch the action yourself. Check out the Phoenix Rising Borders book club discussion at BordersMedia.com slash Harry Potter or click on the Borders banner at the top of the MuggleNet page. This week's show is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to Audible.com slash MuggleCast today for details. Because we're on a crowded train and can't record an intro, this is MuggleCast episode 97 for July 2nd, 2007. Andrew and Jamie Rule. busy show this week because there's lots to discuss. Yes, there is. Like what? We're going to be places this summer. Places? We're going to be at a lot of places. That, that's very Have vague. we talked about the toy yet? Very vague. Uh, on the little mini show that you slept uh, through. mini show that but I slept through, yeah. Bes- yeah. Be- besides that. It was just that, that good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, you just refused to get out of bed. Actually, okay, Andrew, I can't let that go. Even though we, we, we just started the show, I wasn't asked if I, I wanted to, to be on it. They just held a microphone to my head and just said, you know, Jamie, you coming to the show? And I was like, and then I just went back to sleep. Dude, we we checked with you beforehand. But we were there's like, a difference. Jamie, do you want to be in on this? He, he was like, no, I can't. I, 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 Andrew, I'm tired. No, 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 I was like, that's good me. because you we can't. We don't have up. room for one more mic anyway. Okay, whatever. This doesn't matter. This no. is so irrelevant. It's unbelievable. <laughs> okay, well, no. In all seriousness, uh, we do we do have a lot to announce this week. It's a big week because, as Mike had promised uh, last week in his intro, we're gonna talk about our big podcasting plans that we're all gonna be at, except for Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is this is a big week for Eric because uh, he's actually in the United States. I can't believe it. Thanks for thanks for staying in your home country this week, Eric. Oh yeah, no problem. No problem. It's been good fun. Glad you're here. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Mike Tannenbaum.
It's been a very busy news week. Uh, the news just keeps rolling down the mug on that page. Every time I go on there, there's another six stories posted yep. by Kieran or, or or Rosie or who's Rosie? Who else post news on Muggle? Ro- Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, really? She works for us now. Yeah, she started working for us after the View. She decided she wanted. How can to you not your own staff, Micah? Yeah. What? After the View, she decided that it would be. Uh, Good idea to go with the sort of Harry Potter. Uh, She's a big fan a step anyway. Up. So uh, exactly, yeah. What it, it is a big step up, you know. A national <laughs> syndicated show is nothing to MuggleNet. No, MuggleNet is basically a national, nationally syndicated uh, website. International, worldwide, w- yeah. internationally. <laughs> wow, could we be any more <laughs> modest at this point? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, we can. Well, um, of course, one of the big stories this week. Well, one of the more interesting stories. Let me read an email here from uh, Ricey. I think that's his name? Or her. Or her. 17 of Canada. She writes, I was going through, or he writes, I was going through the comments on MuggleNet about the audiobook of DH being released on July 21st, and someone said that Draco means dragon, which is a possible connection to the DH Deluxe Edition cover. Do you guys think that Draco is an animagus? Could it be Draco on the DH cover helping the trio by helping them on the Horcrux hunt? Stephen Fry did say, never tickle a sleeping dragon. Perhaps this is part of the storyline. Just wondering what you guys thought. I'm a bit skepti- skeptical about this, but hey, it's a possibility. I'm sure Joe's put in many surprises for us in DH. <laughs> so, um, in the uh, big announcement that the audiobook would be released alongside the real book for the first time ever, at least in the UK, uh, there's a little video that Stephen Fry recorded uh, where he said he was very excited to be releasing the book, and he can't talk about it yet, of course, but... Um, uh, at the end, he said, I can't tell you much, uh, however, I do want to say one thing, and then he said the whole, uh, that Latin slogan. No, no, slogan. That, that, I would say, is a reference to, or is a copy of, when Joe wrote Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, in, in the intro written by Dumbledore, it says, it says, to, to all muggles, um, I'd like to say that all the beats beast mentioned in this book all the creatures mentioned here are completely fictitious and cannot hurt you and, and you know and stuff like that and then he pauses and, and he says but to all wizards i say merely draco dormian's non-quam titlandus so it's just i don't think it's any reference to the plot it's just like harry potter has come a full circle and that's the motto of hogwarts so he's just saying it to, yeah. to try and be funny and to try and you know show that it's an, an important thing i don't think it means anything but and also a dragon is quite a kind of um big creatures because you know it always seems to be human sort of animals that they transfigure into like it would be kind of unfair if they had a fight and one turned into a rat you know Pettigrew and one turned in, into a dragon right right I mean they say you turn into an animal you know yeah, exactly. I would a assume that dragons beast. are yeah Here, what, um, here's the question what Disney film does this whole thing remind you of um, like having fights when you're transferred sorry transformed into an animal Mulan <laughs> yeah sorry. that's what I thought of <laughs> Mulan I, I really oh well there's two then <laughs> I've never seen it but Wait, <laughs> what happens in that well it's just a dragon yeah oh, I see. Eddie Murphy see, the I was going to say the sword in the stone you know Mad Madam Mim when they oh, uh, when yeah. they transform into creatures and like I never saw that Merlin you've never seen the sword in the stone and you well, get out of my no, house I, now <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> Jamie's it's raining since, I don't since want you to. asked there was a uh, a sequel to um, what was it Snow White called okay. Happily Ever After, and um, yeah. the wicked wicked witch's uh, brother or something I believe could turn into a dragon and that, um, and also it reminds, oh awesome yeah and also it reminds me of non Disney uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation where they all turn into oh, giant a- Eric I was just thinking that I was actually that is absolutely brilliant I was just thinking that 
Sorry, go Thank on. Thank you. Go on. But yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, dragons in general. I mean, they're a lot bigger than than humans, and even like turning into a stag is like relatively plausible when you you know uh, completely. To, yeah, yeah. You, you're turning it on, you know, turning into a into giant a blue whale. It would be unfair. Exactly. You just crush exactly. it. Yeah. And and you'd of course need water. You'd of course only be you able just to precisely it yeah in a pool or something or your neighbor's you know pond. Uh, but, yeah, in your pond. But the um. Yeah, so I, I don't think of it. I don't think it's Draco. I don't think he's an Adamagus, or if he is, I don't think it's a dragon. Uh, yeah, it's quite it's quite unlikely. A little bit, little bit unlikely. That seems too fairy tale ish. I don't think he's powerful enough for starters. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, but <laughs> he's a bit of a wimp. Just the yeah. whole concept in in general. He couldn't Draco even kill someone. Dragon. Oh yeah, this makes me yeah, gosh, <laughs> it's like so you know first. He it's level. so easy to even, kill somebody. Yeah, it's only the gravest crime known to mankind. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly, exactly. Uh, but still, you shouldn't tickle him. You you should not tickle you Draco. Tickle him, yeah. <laughs> what, he gets mad. Like, whether he's Draco yeah. or not. It's like yeah. the Hulk. Even if he's a dragon. Well, uh, moving on to some other news. Uh, we found out this week that uh, there was a little debacle going on in uh, Warner Brothers. and be, Well, between Warner Brothers and J.K. Rowling about uh, a certain character <laughs> to be uh, cut out of the film. And... They weren't sure whether or not to cut out this character or not, and Joe uh, uh, highly recommended that they keep it in. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. There you go. Nobody knew who it was until the other day when David Yates did reveal that it was actually Creature who J.K. Rowling insisted stay in the movie. And uh, it's interesting. Let me quote him here. It says, it was Creature, actually. We took Creature out, and Joe said, listen, guys, you don't have to put Creature back, but I'm just telling you, if you want to kind of keep a thread going for 6 and 7, you might want Creature to come back. She basically told us Creature plays a role in 7, in a sense. She hinted. We thought about it for five seconds, and he came back, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, very interesting. I think we've discussed it on the show before, what kind yeah. of role would Creature play if he, if he indeed was the character that was... Uh, I mean, do you think it's important because of the whole he, you know, um, betrayed Sirius and it's to do with that storyline or just because of his position, how he's, you know, he's, his master is Harry, but he tries to get back to, you know, Bellatrix and well, the uh, evil people. I think that's probably yeah, I think it. it's his role as the house elf for the black family. Uh, we're trying to find out, you know, R.A.B. and stuff, who is Creature's uh, master, as, you know, just as much. Yeah. Well, there's also it been was, a lot uh, of debate. It was David Heyman, not okay. David Yates. Are you sure? Because I just checked the article and said David Yates. It says maybe they both said it simultaneously. Oh no! You know what? So, yeah, I'm looking <laughs> the at same the same time uh, <laughs> in sync. It was just coincidence, seriously. No, it is David Yates. But when I read the actual, when I read the article before we knew who it was, Joe's words, as quoted in the article, were, "You've got your hands tied behind your back if you don't put this character." You know, if you don't keep this character in. And, you know, that's one of those moments where I say, go Joe, for telling them that. And also for, you know, caring about them tying their hands behind their backs. Their hands behind their backs. Because we've talked at length before about how they just cut things out of the movies. And they've got very little continuity between between the movies. And for things to happen in the future to only be developed in that film, it kind of uh, is not as, you know, admirable as we want it to be. Um so this was cool. Well, you know, there's also been a lot of debate about the creature that's behind Harry holding the sword in the cover, and I think that this could pretty much confirm that that's creature. Oh, you think so? What? Yeah, because... Well, oh, it's still Dobby. I don't think... Why do you think it's Dobby? 
Wait, do we see his face? No, I'm you sorry. only no. you only see an, a hand oh. holding a sword. And if creature oh. is important, I mean, the thing is, if Dobby were important, we would still see Dobby in the movies. She would have yeah, exactly. done the same yeah. thing. Oh, just sort of said, yeah. you know, hey, keep Dobby in. But she said creature, which means he's definitely far more significant. Which means it's more likely that it's him on the I cover. I didn't think that at all. I agree. I with actually that. don't think it at all. Why not, Eric? She, she just gave. She just. She just wished Dobby a happy birthday. She, she wishes. Matter. She's on the count. Eric, she, I know. She, but she wishes everyone gets adventurous, <laughs> happy birthday. You know, self-staring cauldron a, a happy birthday. There's got to be more important people. I think she just wishes everyone one. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting yeah. fact. Okay. So, well, I just don't think creature comes around on. Okay. No, no. I was going to say interesting fact. Did you know that you, if you're in a room with 23 <laughs> people, okay, so if there are 23 people in one room, there's more than a 50% chance that two people will share the same birthday. Isn't that interesting? Really? Oh my god. How is that possible when there's 365 days a year? That is really interesting. There are six, <laughs> 365. How is that possible when there's 365 days, days a year? Oh, it's because they you have more than one pairing. So if you have 23 people, you have one and two, one and three, one and four, one and five. Then you have two and three, two and four, two and five, two and six. And you have three, huh? three and three, three and four. So you have all these what? pairings. So, that, so there's over a 50% chance. And um, and But I think for it to be a 100% chance, you have to have exactly the amount of people and exactly the amount of days but for like a 99.9% chance it's like 200 and something it's, it, it's stupid that's crazy that's we crazy. should find out when we do a show just like yeah. start naming off days and let people yeah, raise yeah we hands. should yeah 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 should we should get them to line up uh, you know in, in ascending birthday order Laura are you suggesting that we only get 23 people to our shows because uh, I think you'll find no, 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 no. I was, I was talking about... Like 23,000. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jamie, you'd also have to subtract us from the 23. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, we'd have less people. Yeah, so we'd have to have, like... Ooh, ooh. 16. My birthday is May 23rd. 23rd. 23rd? And mine's April 23rd. There's a Whoa. lot of number 23s. Crazy. And that's a movie I saw on the way here. Oh, hey, that's speaking of interesting facts ever. with birthdays, uh, the Times came out with their Order of the Phoenix review. Three out of five stars. But can I just can I just say that, like, UK newspapers... Average. The Guardian also reviews, you know, has a film review section. And it's just, it's just so professional and polite. It doesn't actually tell you what you want to know about a film. It's like, you know... The, well, yeah, I mean, that's just like the juxtaposition of character development and, and you know, plot outlines... <laughs> Exactly. It's oxymoronic exactly. in the uh, <laughs> in the sort of you know past tense. For it's just you don't want to know that. You just want to know should I go and see the film or not. So you can't trust these broadsheet reviews, you know. And even though three is pretty good, because they don't give. F- they don't really well, give let me five. quote their review. You're exactly right. Let me quote their review. The acting skills of Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson have improved, but not enough to truly flush out the characters and provide the narrative depth that this transitional plot-advancing film needs. They've got angry and determined down pat at this point. Oh, it should be English. But struggle somewhat on the more nonced grimaces. Harry's bellowing (laughs) cards analysis of Voldemort is jarringly awful. But no, it's, it's just <laughs> full of adjectives to describe. It just, you know, exactly. I don't want to read exactly. uh, stuff like that. What? Well, I mean, what I get from that is what they're saying is that they all have the very common emotions down, but they're really get, having a hard time, like, 
getting it deeper is, into your is, characters, yeah. I but, guess. Which I mean, mm-hmm. kind of upsets me to read that a little bit. Like I'm crying because there's a there's a lot of different emotions <laughs> in this story. It's beyond the point of. But I I don't know about y- you guys, but I like reviews that use words like awesome. And amazing CGI effects, and you know, you know wow, he was badass. Well, right, man. but if you it's know, a bad like movie, <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell is? I mean, what the hell is Cod's well, I mean, psychoanalyst. What the hell is? It's like a study yeah. of fish. Yeah, when, <laughs> that's yeah. What I was Jamie, thinking. have you have you seen the movie Eraser? <laughs> oh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I mean, you don't examine his character development throughout well, the course no, of the movie, do you? No, 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 I don't. No, no I, I. Well, look, guys. I mean, this is no. Jamie is completely right. This is not the kind of stuff you want to hear about. I mean, with a, with with a movie that's that's this book and you know being turned into movies, the last thing you almost want to hear about is is how the trio is fitting in the roles because. What I'm more concerned about is how the movie handles everything, and 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 if the movie is an actual good movie, you know, they're here complaining about the acting. Obviously, not at all uh, the kinds of things that we would necessarily or anybody would want to hear about. Well. Right? But um, I, I mean, I heard something that that might actually uh, shed some light on it because I actually have a friend who just contacted me today and was uh, privy to one of the secret, super secret audience uh, yeah. screens. The uh, my. MySpace.com has these things called. Uh, well, first of all, everyone has a MySpace here, right? Yeah. MySpace. Everyone's got a MySpace, yeah. except for Micah. B- 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 Micah, how how do you count yourself as a human in this yeah. world if you don't have a MySpace? He's a Facebook, a profile. MySpace.com/slash Andrew Sims means he doesn't uh, count himself as an emo in this world because he doesn't have MySpace. <laughs> Top eight me, mere pics. That, that used to be true though. Didn't it? <laughs> MySpace is isn't really the haven of emos that it used to be because it was a. No, it's not. It's it's everybody now. Woe is me. You know, I have a confession to make. Actually, no, I don't. I don't want to talk about that. Never mind. Uh, so anyway, MySpace. MySpace is this thing called black curtain screenings, where all you have to do is print out a picture. You print out your profile with the Harry Potter profile and the black curtain screenings profile in your top eight or whatever. You bring it to them at one of these like ten cities, and you get to see the movie for free, which is actually pretty cool. That is cool. <laughs> and. uh like I'm sure Eric was about to get into, there's been a few listeners of the show who have actually gone to one of these Black Curtain screenings. Yes. And sent in little reviews, right, Eric? Yes, that's exactly how I knew this person and how I was, it was introduced. My friend uh, Jennifer um, of New York uh, had just been to a Black Curtain screening and has given me much more valuable information on a, in, in a review format than The Times seemed you know, you know, to, be, to be useful for us Harry Potter fans. Do you mind, uh, guys, if I uh, just, just do the first kind of um, non-really-bad-spoilerish uh, what I heard. Yeah, from I was her? gonna say, just don't give away yeah. any spoilers. I just, just very, very right. You know, I, j- I what I had heard actually was that the movie um, has a disappointing amount of one-liners uh, in it, and that there was some uh, particular tweaking of the Dementors that was not really true to anything worthwhile. Um, like I heard. For instance, that they begin to grip Harry and start choking him against the wall with their arms. <laughs> and then they clothesline him. And then they curb him. Yeah, they curb That is exactly what happens, seriously. They're, uh, They're these Nazi skinheads, these uh, dementors. <laughs> I don't even know. So, I mean, I. But, but Jennifer did say it was a good movie, but I, I heard a lot of uh, slightly bad things about yeah. it that were disappointing. Now, namely the, the one-liners. Like, what do you guys think about that? Because you'd think that, you know, one or two in a movie is funny. It's great. Well, when, yeah. you, when you say one-liners, 
you mean jokes like one line jokes or just yeah. lines that are too short oh no well maybe no jokes right? uh, uh, one line jokes which uh, possibly well, replace yeah. a lot of the exposition that could be happening or, well, or it decent, is you know it's a bit annoying but you know I think perhaps it's there to provide the much needed comedy against the serious backdrop of the film and I'm starting to sound like a times review but that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't as bad as the... But yeah, I'd say it could be for that, but a few are okay. But I, when you said one-liners, I was painfully scared of Harry's line in uh, Chamber of Secrets when he says, you know, don't worry, I will be, to Lucius is, well, let's hope Mr. Potter oh, will God, always be around awful. to save the day. It came second only to Harry's f- freeze-frame f- finish at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban on his broomstick. <laughs> well, what, uh, what I don't want to be reviewing the movie of is saying... For how many great actors they have in this movie, how can it still be crap? Or how can it still be disappointing? Or how can they not? I mean, I, I really don't think they, they need to worry about the acting as much as they do the script treatment and treatment right. of, you know, well, story can I and add everything one else. thing? Yes. It kind of relates to what you're talking about. Did all you guys listen to the Order of the Phoenix press junket, or did you read it? Uh... Because what was said in there by pretty much all the guys, Yates, Heyman, and then Goldenberg, was that they're such fans of the Harry Potter series, and they try to incorporate everything that they possibly can, and that they're so hurt when they can't put things in that yeah. they really want to. So I'm wondering, does that, do you think that it all ties into them just saying it for the sake of saying it, when you hear things like there's just these one-liners that were thrown in to sort of cut down on time? I mean... Probably. I just find that hard to well, believe. Well, you, you also have to admit that's a matter of opinion. We don't know what Eric's friend exactly. considers a disappointing exactly. amount. No, yeah. no, it's, it's true as well. It's true. It's, it's very true. And I wish, I mean, it was just early this morning, first thing I woke up, I heard it from her. So I don't, don't remember exactly, you know, and she did say she liked the movie. Um, but there, there were there were a few complaints, and I didn't want to start off the reviewing session with kind of a negative note, you know, not expecting this movie to be much, but... Um, you know, as, as far as I heard, there were some things. I mean, what do you guys think about the Dementors? I mean, come on. that's If that's true, that's a little bit upsetting. Yeah. Uh, on the one-liners, though, what I was going to say is, are they putting in just, just sort of generic one-liners to supplement some of the good one-liners that are actually in the book? Oh, well, there's you no know, way to tell. There's a couple of them in Order of the Phoenix that are very well written. Obviously, one of them being, you know, sort of give her hell peeves or give her... At the uh, when Fred and George well, leave, as far as we know, Peeves isn't in the movie, is he? Right, which is another mm. compromising factor that I'm sure they felt so horrible about not putting in the film. We do have a couple other reviews that some listeners sent, and I just want to go through them real quick. They don't really give away any spoilers. Uh, Samantha Johnson, 16 of Minnesota, said, It was so incredible, the best movie yet. Some small details were out of place, but they did not, like in previous movies, add entirely new things, like talking shrunken heads. The acting was absolutely brilliant. Uh, She really enjoyed uh, Ivana Lynch's role, and uh, she was happy with Dumbledore's role. Uh, another one comes from Alana Bennett Port- of Portland, Oregon. She says uh, she still can't believe that she got to see it two weeks early, which is cool in itself. Uh, the Thestrals are great, she says. Luna and Bellatrix equals awesome. And Umbridge is the height of perfection. Seriously, how could someone be so Umbridge? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sign. I think that's a good sign. And then uh, lastly, John Spencer, 15 of Atlanta, said, I personally hated every other HP movie, but this was great not only as a movie, but of a movie made after a book. I also took along some of my friends that aren't crazy about the HP movies, and they loved it too. So, overall, 
I think people are going to enjoy this movie. Yeah. We've we've said that a many times. So and we're just well. beating around the bush by saying it we sounds can, like so. it. It sounds like that. I mean, I, I don't know if you all feel the same, but it sounds like that people aren't comparing this to the book as much. Like they the other be. ones, you know. Well, no, no, they shouldn't do. But like one and two, because they were in their infancy, people were like, well, you know. Harry Potter is a book series, but when, but now, when it's obvious that this movie is only two hours fifteen minutes, you can't possibly compare it to the book. You can't, you can't fit that many pages in two hours fifteen. So perhaps people have, you know, realised that these are completely separate, and that if you enjoy it for a film rather than as a book, then your enjoyment is going to be, you know, elevated tenfold just because you aren't thinking. Well, that's not what I thought when I read about Luna. Well, what Alana Bennett also says uh, from Portland, Oregon, is that they stay true to the books in a lot of ways, even though they stray here and there, and it was too short. So there we get that again, that too shortness, which, yeah. which you know, shows that they um, like the movie, are, just maybe if they could have added even more or tried to try to do things here and there. But again, uh, you know. Any hardcore fan is going to say that it's too short. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what yeah. they think overall, the film could have been great, but uh, I'm just thinking to myself that... Any hardcore fan, no matter what, is going to say that the film was too short and it lacked something. You're probably right, Mike. Uh, I think you're going to get that no matter yeah. what. But the one thing I'm starting to notice, though, and I'm not sure what you guys think of this, is Ivana Lynch, you know, um, yep. Helena Bonham Carter, and uh, Imelda Staunton are all getting such high praise, but it seems like the trio is not is not living up to well yeah to I noticed they've, that they've been actually it's like the general consensus seems to be that Ivana Lynch and Melda Staunton and Helena Bonham Carter are getting all of the praise for this and you don't I mean I noticed yeah. that it's but they are new they're fresh they're fresh to the series I think that's that's one of yeah, the but no, but I mean I thought that um Bonham Carter and Imelda Staunton would be awesome anyway obviously it's yeah Ivana you know you weren't so sure until you uh until you uh until you see it because you know she's a new actress I'm sure but everyone said she's absolutely amazing so I can't wait right. to see that our very own uh, Ben Shane was also uh, he's seen the movie already of course he can't talk about it yet it's part he has. yeah he has um, it's part of the uh, embargo but uh, he was very impressed with it he did say though that you absolutely cannot relate it to the book at all um, he was talking about a few scenes specifically that really cannot be compared because if you do you'll be very disappointed <laughs> very disappointed so, yeah uh but anyway we have uh, a couple big announcements this week uh concerning a uh, couple things that we're doing for one uh earlier this week uh well jamie was sleeping but <laughs> <laughs> ben and i along with uh, along with mikey b and uh alex carpenter of the remus lupins announced that we're going to be doing a little road road tour cross country in america uh starting uh, in las vegas and heading northeast towards pittsburgh uh for full details on that you can go to mugglecast.com and click on the uh, uh there's a link there in one of the most recent news posts and we'll put a permanent banner up there soon enough it's going to be a lot of fun. So, if uh, you know, we've done stuff on in LA, we've done stuff uh, East Coast in New York City, but never in the middle of America or anywhere in between, except for Vegas. I'm a so I'm a bit apprehensive about this because eight days cross country is quite quite tough. Isn't it going to be eight hours driving a day? Something, uh, like something like that. It varies from location to location. Oh, you guys oh. going to have a trailer? It's, uh, it's pretty far. You just in a little car? Uh, a Ford Freestar. Ford Freestar. It's what was booked. Laptop parties. And uh, bring your iPod, Jamie. That's all I can say. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring everything, every form of entertainment that exists. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a hundred audiobooks, a thousand songs, and I'm. Are gonna, you gonna pick up hitchhikers? Am I gonna what? Am I gonna what, Micah? P- pick up hitchhikers along the way. Yeah, Just yeah, we will. Sh- we need some show. entertainment. Precisely. Yeah, the cop chase that <laughs> yeah. will uh, that will uh, follow Jamie because hi- hitchhiking is illegal in some states. I oh, really. Yeah, but they'll but they'll be big Harry Potter fans. These cops, <laughs> so we'll just you know, we'll just tell them a few theories and we'll send them on their way. Yeah, exactly. So we're we're really excited about that. Definitely come out if you're near any of these. I think it's not eight locations. I think it's like ten. Uh, so come on out if you're near any of those. We're really looking forward to going on a little summer road tour. Also. We are organizing two very, 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 very big parties uh, for the Book 7 release on July 20th, the night of. And uh, Laura, Micah, Jamie, and I, along with Kevin, will all be in uh, at, in London for a huge book event. Right, Jamie? Uh, we will, yeah. We are going to be at Waterstones Piccadilly Circus, uh, Central London. Uh, this bookstore is six stores and is oh the biggest... Bookstore in Europe, and um, they are expecting to their own party around two thousand people. Now, um, uh, I went to their Order of the Phoenix party uh, a couple of years ago, and I mean it was huge. They had this queue just went all the way around the the block, and they had like entertainment. They had a uh, they had sort of all these jugglers going around. They had um, they had you know Harry Potter lookalikes. This thing was massive. Everyone was you know talking in the queue in costume the atmosphere it was it was a freezing cold night and it was uh, absolutely electric the atmosphere and they had celebrities turn up they had judy dench they had sting she uh, was from, there from the police oh my gosh i love no judy no dench. stings are he i was talking about <laughs> judy dench <laughs> not no, sting not a retard yeah yeah no no yeah um so and they've got all these stuff planned it's going to be unbelievable and on top of that we have been talking to them recently and we have we are going to do a book 7 podcast from Waterstones Piccadilly it's going to start at 8pm we're going to go for two hours and then everyone who attends will then be able to join the queue and get their copy of book 7 um, they've we can have a thousand people to this podcast and what they're doing is they're giving us an entire floor of Waterstones and there are going to be TV screens all around the uh, building so you can watch it if you can't get on the main floor. I think the main floor holds about 800 so, so we'll have 800 here and then other people around the... It's the fourth yeah, floor. So Yeah, sorry, the, uh, the the fourth floor. And then what they're doing is they're setting up a an email address and what, what you can do is you can email this email address and they will mail you out tickets on lanyards and then you wear it around your neck and then they will let you in to see the podcast otherwise you can't come in so it's a pretty special event uh, and then and then after it it'll finish about 10 and then after it you can go down to the queue and enjoy their entertainment it's going to be absolutely enormous it's going to be the biggest one in England easily and oh I can't think gosh. of anywhere in Europe where there's going to be a big one either so uh, we'll give you more details this soon is, huh? I get chills when I think about this it's well, going to be amazing it's we're, we're not kidding when we say it's it really going is. To be it is going to be absolutely massive. J.K. Rowling's event, without a doubt, will be the biggest one. But I, we could dare say this is going to be the se- second biggest event in England. Well, well right. I think more people are going to come to us since hers is very closed off for security. <laughs> to be honest, she's only the well, author, Andrew. I was trying on. to be a little modest. Okay, sorry. No, no. Hers, hers is going to be big. Well, obviously, absolutely massive. But in terms of fan-made ones, this one is seriously. If you're anywhere in the UK or continental Europe, we do uh, suggest you come. Or the world. Yeah, or the world. <laughs> Mars. If you're a Martian, just come down. It's only 18 billion miles yeah. or something. It's going to be worth it, seriously. Well, there are a few Americans 
who do want to fly out to yeah. England to experience the release, and this is definitely a great place yeah. to do it. J.K. Rowling's event, not that we're saying it's going to be bad or anything, but we're just saying it's going to be it very, very closed, closed off, off. so and if you all, didn't get into also, it... Also, uh, you're going to have to go Waterstones are doing all these kind of special deals for podcasts. Uh, you know, people going for the podcast, they're going to give you a 10% discount on the deluxe book. They're making all these special shirts, which you can only buy on this night. It's going to be, it's going to be absolutely amazing. This thing is going to be the biggest party ever. So we'll be giving, we'll be releasing more details soon. Um, if you want tickets to this amazing, unbelievable, and probably the best day of your life event, am I selling it well? <laughs> Very well. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, email Harry Potter at waterstones dot com. All one word. We'll be providing a link on the website. Yeah, all one word. Um, with how many tickets you'd like and your address, so they know where to send them to. Up to a maximum of ten per person, um, and then they'll send your your tickets out to you, so you, you'll have them on the day. Um, it's up to a thousand people, so get emailing as soon as you can, so you know that um, that you're going to get them and that you can come. And hey, Andrew, Jamie, yeah. Um, if I show up, will there be room for me? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. You should tell us soon, though. No, Eric, <laughs> you, you can't come. You can't come, yeah. Eric. We're telling you, yeah. you can't come. Yeah, you can't come. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be guest number one yeah. thousand one. <laughs> and we should probably mention our grand prize for it, shall we, Andrew? Yeah. At this podcast, we're going to have a load of prizes to give away, a load of competitions, but our grand prize is a VIP all-expenses-paid trip to the podcast, which includes transport to the hotel, stay uh, overnight attendance at the podcast, everything. Um, only for UKers, so please don't apply if you're in Mars, as we talked about before, or in the US or anywhere else on, on Earth. Um, we'll be announcing details on how you can enter this competition and win this grand prize uh, a week from now on episode 98 yeah. so listen to that yeah so and do come to this event because you're going to really really enjoy it yeah seriously this is going to be a huge event laura micah kevin and i oh and jamie too we'll all be, we'll all be there laura and micah you guys excited this is going to be your first trip to england both of you isn't it yes oh my gosh i'm so excited i was hoping we would go so no, bad it's not. oh micah it's not yours Oh yeah, Micah goes over there to visit Joe Weekly. Yeah. Oh right, right. I forgot. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. Come on. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, no. Yeah, it's going to be the first time over there, so I'm really looking forward to this. Um, yeah. It sounds like a really good time, and uh, I, yeah. I just can't it's, wait. It's going to be huge. We're not kidding. It's going to be huge. Uh, you do, guys. You guys do have to promise me one thing, though, that you will play. And Jamie and I have talked about this. You will play the final countdown <laughs> by Europe. We should. Yeah, we should do. Du-du-du-du-du. Or we could play White and Nerdy by Weird Al. Yeah. Can I get White and Nerdy? Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, just, I thought about that, too. I thought, you know what? This totally does kind of blow away the final countdown for the final it book. It really does. I couldn't so, decide. They see me mowing <laughs> my front lawn. <laughs> no, they're just thinking so, I'm so white and nerdy. While they sing, full details will be available on... Uh, actually, full details are available on MuggleNet.com now, right now. So go to MuggleNet.com or MuggleCast.com if uh, you want to seek more information. Full details are on the site. Definitely come out. Deadline, I don't know if Jamie mentioned this, is July 13th at midnight to uh, request tickets because they have, a, have to mail them to you. But we advise you uh, email a long time before to guarantee you get in. As in this, now. We, we are selling this a lot, but it really will be an amazing event, so please, yeah. please come and see us. <laughs> so, and back Andrew, over... Yeah? I have a question. What? 
because this is such a big event, because, hey, it works, can we stamp this as episode 100? Yeah, oh, that was going to be the other thing, yes. This is going to be episode... This this live event, it's going to make me cry. It's going to be episode, episode 100, 100 of MuggleCast. Nice. It's perfect timing. It's going to be a huge... That that makes it even bigger. 100 episodes. I mean, we've even done little shows. Be, I mean, technically, this could be episode 100, because we've done little mini shows. Oh, wait, before. guys... Holy wait! So what? Everyone's going to be there then, except me, right? Uh, uh, well, no, Ben won't be. Laura, Micah, Kevin, Jamie, Andrew. Oh, yeah. not Ben. Um, yeah. So y- I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Speaking of Ben, uh, Ben will Ben along with Emerson will be in Chicago for a United States uh, event at uh, Oak Park in Chicago, right outside of Chicago, actually. Uh, it, the, it, for the past two books, uh, Goblet of Fire, no, no, sorry, Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince, uh, we've held huge events at this Oak Park place. And uh, so if you're in the United States, if you're in the Chicago area, anywhere in that Midwest area, I guess it is, uh, definitely check that out. Full details again are on MuggleNet.com. Of course, we can't promote that as much. For one, Ben's not on. I was going to say, more details. I love like, better. It's like, it's like we have this huge event at Waterstones. It's massive. You should definitely come along. And if you're in the sh- Chicago area, you could pop in maybe if you well, fancy. You know, I don't know what to say because I, I don't know details no, no, about no, no, it. It's, full details. Well, no, it's, 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 it Oak Park. Oak Park is is a nice community yeah, Eric's area. Been there. Uh, they turn. I've been there. I've been there. I did. I was there for the uh, Order of the Phoenix event when Emerson and Jamie were at the Waterstones. So yes. I was in Oak Park, and it's a great community, great community area. Uh, they turn uh, the main street uh, there with the bookstore called um, called the Magic Owl, I believe, or the Learned Owl. And uh, no, sorry, the Magic Tree, Magic Tree Bookstore. That's right. How many people? And uh, they, did turned, they get Eric again. They, they got a lot of people. They got about ten thousand. Yeah. So it's it's a huge event. It really is a big event. Yeah. This thing. So and they have a load of things, don't they? They have activities. Yeah, and all events. the sh- all the shops, all the shops are turned into you know all the shops of Diagonally, etc. I'm sure they've wow. improved it. Since, you know, f- for book six and book seven, especially, it's going to be massive. So I don't know exactly what Ben and Emerson are doing there, but they'll be there, and you, you can guarantee there'll be MuggleNet stickers for everyone. <laughs> and Full details will be on MuggleNet.com. They're on MuggleNet.com right now, along with the Chicago. And then Emerson made up a nice little flyer that's going to be online. Uh, so check that out. Go to MuggleNet.com right now and get all the details about both events. They're both huge. Yes, they are. Massive, in okay. fact. So that's what we're doing this summer. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. It is. And uh, we hope to see everyone uh, out there supporting the show and the website. So thank you, and of course we'll That's be talking about it for this week. Of course, uh, yeah, <laughs> been an hour. that did take up the whole episode. I do want to say quickly, just uh, I just want to remind everyone that we are going to be at Enlightening 2007. We're also going to be at Prophecy. I know we've talked about those before. So uh, again, visit MuggleCast.com for more, more details about those. Thank you very much. One final note. I'm sorry, I have to do this. One final note. <laughs> Me, Jamie, and Kevin are going to be at the Order of the Phoenix premiere. We're going to be doing a podcast at the Piccadilly Theater. Uh, it's this huge theater in London. Yeah. Jamie was very surprised when uh, I told him this. Very surprised. It's 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 a huge theater. We're going to be doing this, and it can hold about twelve hundred people. So if you're going to be in London for the uh, premiere, definitely come down. Be again. prepared to share a seat. <laughs> no, no, no. There's going to be plenty of room for everyone. Mugonet once again for full details. All right, and finally, one last, last, last thing. The U.S. premiere. If you're going to be at the L.A. Harry Potter Order of the Phoenix premiere, we will be at the borders of Westwood, where we were for uh, uh, after the podcast awards. We're going to be there on July 9th, the day after the premiere, 
at 5 p.m. So definitely uh, come down and uh, check that out yep. once again for the last time. Full details on MuggleNet.com. Hey, let's move on now. We have, we have a show. We have a show to talk about. We do. For everyone else who doesn't care. Uh, we, have, we have some rebuttals this week. Laura, you want to take the first one? Okay. Uh, the first one comes from Mark30 from Ireland. He says, in episode 96, you spoke briefly about when, in Order of the Phoenix, Bellatrix tells Voldemort, he is here. He is below. Uh, it was suggested that she was referring to Sirius Black. I always believed that she was referring to Dumbledore. She was warning Voldemort that Dumbledore, the only one he ever feared, was here in the Ministry, and that he was below in the Department of Mysteries. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but isn't that... That the, does make sense. It does, but... It, it's true. Isn't that the ambiguity about it? It could be Dumbledore, it could be Harry, it could be Sirius, it could be... You don't know, think it's it Harry. Be, well, I, think, I don't think it's Harry, because Harry was right there. Yeah. Ah, oh, but but perhaps okay. I have to dig myself out of this hole now. Perhaps she was trying to trick him. To trick. She, she doesn't Voldemort. really like Voldemort because he turned down her marriage <laughs> pr- proposal. So she wants to annoy him now. Jamie, do you, are you familiar True. with the post secret uh, books? Post secret? Have you ever? I'm not. No. Okay, never mind then. Forget okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I think she was definitely referring to Dumbledore. I mean, there's really no question about it in my mind. Yeah, well, last week, though, we were talking like... <laughs> okay, see, else. I have no clue what where this rebuttal Ooh. came from, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure this one was Jamie's fault. Um, also, we have another <laughs> email from Monica. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but... No, no, I think it is take my credit fault, for it, That's fine. Okay, yeah, well, it wasn't my fault. Uh, Monica from Virginia writes... Uh, with the subject, Malfoy's embarrassing items. Uh, she writes, I was just reading Chamber of Secrets again, and when Lucius says... I have a few uh, items at home that might embarrass me if the ministry were to call, end quote. It makes me think that he might be harboring a horcrux somewhere in his mansion. He seems to have a hiding place there, as the ministry didn't find anything during the raid, and Lucius was holding the diary before. What do you think, Eric? Wait, do they say I mentioned this? Because I totally, I told this whole story and made those exact same conclusions in episode 95, I think. Because I was rereading Chamber of Secrets and I said his drawing room floor. Um, but okay, I'll, I'll stop being indignant and say yes. Uh, don't know if Lucius has any more Horcruxes because he already had the diary, but I do think that possibly we will be able to see the Malfoy Mansion as a setting in one of the books. And I think I asked you guys that. I, I don't know, you probably did. I'm sure you did. Laura, do but you remember me asking you this? Uh, no. Whatever. Could have, could have dreamed it up. That's okay, Eric. We trust you. We trust you, Eric. If it wasn't on an episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> but isn't the mm-hmm. whole point with this that uh, when he says, when Lucius says, do you think you could hurry up, Borg, and I have important business elsewhere, isn't he, isn't that, the you know, the, the whole thing? He he knows he's going to go and dump the diary, and he says, I have a few items at home. And didn't someone say certain poisons he's got? Didn't he mention in some other book that it was poisoned and, and dark um. magic stuff? He did definitely. I, yeah. I can't remember which book it is, but a Horcrux is a uh, is is a good bet. But I don't see why Voldemort would want it in someone's house that he knows. You know, he doesn't trust these people. They're not his friends. Yeah. Mm. The only reason Lucius had the diary was because uh, of you know a possible future plan that they were kind of working on. Yeah. And Voldemort fell before it happened, and even then Lucius didn't uh, supposedly didn't know. Uh, you know the full potential of the diary, just that it would open up the chamber's secrets, and obviously when it got destroyed, that's why Voldemort was so angry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting, though. Very interesting. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Plus, um, also, let's not forget, once Lucius Malfoy left and Harry remained, Mr. Borgen, uh, I believe it was, said um, something, uh, yeah. muttered, under, you know, something to the effect of, um, you know, rumors are there's more hidden than what twice you're... Twice as much as, you know, yeah. What, what, yeah. Twice as much as what you're trying to sell me. So, could be. Interesting. It is interesting. Well, um, we are going to move on now to a whole bunch of voicemails. Mm-hmm. A lot of you have been calling in our wonderful voicemail numbers. Uh, one to win a twenty magic. I don't remember the other two. I doubt anyone else. Does. <laughs> zero two zero eight double four zero six double seven. I remember that one. Wow. No, I've, that wasn't it, was it? I've heard you say it fifty million times. We changed oh. that number, Laura. <laughs> yeah, we just, just changed so it that you day. would sound intelligent <laughs> and you would be yeah. able to say. Sure, sure you did. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's get to the uh, first voicemail now. Hey, Mugglecasters, this is Brett from Memphis, Tennessee. I was calling in because I had a theory about the Horcruxes. Um, basically, I was just wondering if you thought it was possible that there were only five Horcruxes ever made. Um, my reasoning for this is a couple things. First off, Thor uh, says that Voldemort was trying to make his final Horcrux out of Harry. So I, I just don't think Voldemort's the kind of person that would give up on doing something. Like It would almost be like admitting defeat if he was like, oh, I can't make Harry Potter my death for a Horcrux, so I'm going to do it for someone else. Um, my second reason is just that he's supposed to save all his Horcrux makings for really significant deaths, and the caretaker of the Riddle House, Frank, I don't, I don't see him as being a very significant death. Just wanted to see what you guys think. I uh, love the show. Keep it up. And that's it. <gasps> Every life is important, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> um, but isn't, isn't this like... You'd think that if if he was planning on making Harry out of one, then yeah, that's completely possible. If, it, if he was saving it, and didn't Dumbledore specifically say he reserved Horcruxes for important deaths? So he planned these things, you know, when he was going to make it. So it's entirely possible that he only made five plus his soul. Harry was going to be the sixth, seven plus his soul. So then, but then he didn't make it, obviously, because it backfired on him. Yeah, and I mean, I think that definitely Harry would be. St- plenty significant just because you know to say that he made his last horcrux out of the one person who could have destroyed Completely, it yeah but also yeah. do you think he went to the house knowing what kind of power this person would have so like you know saying that no saying what no but, but, but i mean if he says like you know one has the power to vanquish you does that mean one when he grows up and has finished his formal education has the power to vanquish you or one has like just and you know it innate mutation that when you walk into the same room as him you vaporize so perhaps he went there you know uh thinking i need my full power in case harry has something about him now that i need to battle and 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 also you think if seven is the most powerful magic magical number and he did think that he had to go there with full power in case harry was super powerful then you think he'd he'd make all seven beforehand so that he was as powerful as he possibly could be so there was no chance of him being defeated by harry yeah even at that early stage yeah yeah i agree no, exactly, and we've also come to the conclusion that maybe I no didn't even I think Dumbledore even came to the conclusion that Voldemort didn't have seven Horcruxes at the time of his downfall, um, because oh, really? I, I'm pretty sure that's canon. I'm almost positive that's canon. Well, well that um, completely because throws out my theory. I should be a better fan. Well, no, I mean I I could be wrong, but I actually think that was one no, of I the most interesting right. things about the books that that you know because he had four or five and then made Nagina possibly or Nagini and you know something else but yeah 
even if he was going to make Harry the seventh or the sixth Horcrux, therefore the, having seven pieces of soul. The thing that the, the, you, know, the, you know, the thing that I'd say is that if I mean, like, if Harry's the only thing that can bring your downfall, why would you use him to to your own ends? Wouldn't you just want him out of the way as soon as possible? You know, it, well, it isn't the prophecy said the Dark Lord will mark him as his equal. That doesn't mean he's going to mark him by trying to kill him. Or, no, it just means yeah, that he, you know, he I mean, thinks that he's his equal. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks that he views him as powerful enough to destroy. Precisely, him. precisely. Yeah, and also, yeah. and also, like Voldemort's, you know, proud, but I think his pride has to come second to his staying in power. And he would much, I think, he'd much rather create seven and then and then just go and get rid of Harry for sure. But don't than... you think it's possible that maybe his pride could sometimes get in the way? Completely, absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah. I think it's one of his uh, weaknesses, just like Dumbledore's, was that he. Uh, you know, he trusted people too easily. I think pride and vanity is one of Voldemort's, and his f- fear of death is obviously three, three v- very, very yeah. bad things. It, it's like he has trophies, you know, the Ravenclaw, Slytherin, and uh, Hufflepuff. Yeah. Well, so was was Harry's scar Voldemort's marking him, or was that something else entirely? Well, well no, no. We. J- I mean, uh, that's the result. I agree of with the Laura. Failed killing curse. Yeah, but the failed killing curse only resulted because. Because uh, the prophecy had something to do with Voldemort enacting the prophecy, well, which had something no, to do the with scar Harry was, having the power. The scar was the result of Lily's love for Harry. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you, Laura. That well, it's marking can just mean, you know, like I could mark, I could mark, I don't know, someone as a threat just by thinking that they're a threat. You know, you've marked him. Uh, so it's I like, agree. though it's been said that when Harry tried to, or when Voldemort tried to kill Harry, he transferred powers unwittingly he did, to though. Harry, or sir, so, some similarities. And he did. What What do you mean he did? He, I say, I'm saying he did. Oh, okay. But how does that? What What does that have to do with marking him as his equal? It was. It a, is everything. Well, to no, do with it was. It was just a mistake as a result. Jerry, yeah. Jerry. <laughs> well, no, just a lot of weird crap happened, and we still don't know about the scar. That's... That is true. But uh, Dumbledore seemed pretty confident that there were at least six, right? Isn't that what he said? At this point, I don't know. I just don't... I mean, just looking at it from a literary perspective, I don't see why we would be led to believe that he did have a total of seven, including his soul, um, and then be told, oh, wait, by the way, he didn't really. So, yeah, that, know, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. Well, we weren't told that he had seven, were we? We were just told that he was after Well, that seven. he was after seven, but it just seems sort of anticlimactic in a way. Like, yeah. he was striving for it, and he didn't even get it. Yeah. But why would Harry be a Horcrux, though? I, mean, I don't I well, never understood that. He, well. He's not really saying that Harry's a Horcrux. It just seems like he was trying to make, use Harry to make a Horcrux. Oh, no, definitely, because... Dumbledore says that when he tells Harry about the Horcruxes. He says... No, he tells Harry that Voldemort went to Godric's Hollow with the intention of making Harry the final Horcrux. Right. Um, And I thought there was a moment in the office, too, that Harry starts to pose the question as to whether he is a Horcrux, and Dumbledore says no. Do you guys remember that? I kind of remember that, yeah. Uh... But it's 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 just not it wasn't strong enough because Dumbledore no, also no. you know at the end of book two was was contemplating 
when he, when he, he it, it's so finely touched upon when Dumbledore tells Harry that he unwittingly transferred some of his powers, and that is no doubt why you 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 know are have a troublemaking side. But then we learned his father had a troublemaking side too, and also the Sorting Hat about wanting to put Harry in Slytherin because of all his Voldemort similarities or not, the choices overruling that the parcel tongue. It, if if Harry is a Horcrux, wouldn't Voldemort be taking a risk by trying to kill him twice? You know, Andrew, what does MuggleNet.com in book five what will happen in, in Harry Potter book seven <laughs> say about this? <laughs> I, yeah. never read it. I never read it. Because you know what? I, never I mean, read it. Jamie, Jamie, you almost you were you wrote part of that book. What, what do they say about Horcruxes? And if Harry's a Horcrux or not? I, I'm believe, pretty sure I could pull up Emerson. Okay, good, just go. We believe that Harry is a Horcrux. You'd have to read the actual book, but it is a very, very convincing argument. I can't remember exactly what what uh, we put down because I didn't personally write that chapter, but it is a pretty convincing argument. Thank you. Uh, I don't think Harry's huh. Horcrux, but well, no, no, you, ben, Ben's l- tried. Laurie, to, Laurie, next time Ben's on the show, we'll have him. You can't say that. About it. I'm not on the cover. I can say what I want. No, you can. You can. You're in the book. No, no seriously. You you can't say that. I think I don't think he's a he's a Horcrux, but I didn't write that. But well, I don't. I don't really think it matters what our personal opinions are. I think people. <laughs> no, I do appreciate Jamie's loyalty or or, or sense of loyalty. Oh, it's it's not loyalty. It's just because I don't agree with that. It's just that I do. I don't think we should publicly say I don't agree with a book that I held right. But I don't care enough, Laura, really, so okay. say what the hell you like. Okay, thank you. Yeah. What's uh, next voicemail now? Hi, guys. This is Jessica. I'm 16 from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm in the middle of listening to episode 96, and you just brought up a point that maybe Voldemort made a horcrux out of Morning Myrtle's death. Well, I was wondering if that was even possible because he didn't actually do the act of killing. He set the basilisk on her. So um, I don't really know if he could actually make a horcrux out of Morning Merle's death. Just want to know what you guys thought about that. Love the show. Jamie's my favorite. Bye. Can I take this one? Yes. If yeah, go on. No, no, sorry, go on. It, well, yes, if our discussion uh, a couple weeks ago was to be believed, where we were, we were studying uh, what what it takes to actually make a horcrux out of something, correct? Yeah. And you have to be present for the killing, and then actually there's some spell or some way to encapsule the soul. No, but... And then I was just gonna say the reason it has to be you is that you can't you have to split your soul and that can only be um, achieved by you doing the killing. I'd say you know you have to have like a guilty mind and do the killing for it to, because you know it, it's a violation of nature. Right. So you have to violate you nature. Well, yeah, well, exactly. You well, have to violate s- nature. Setting the basilisk on her though that's why it's interesting setting the basilisk just commanding the basilisk to kill her that's like commanding a firing squad to kill somebody I mean no, but, but yeah but it was Eric. almost like the basilisk was an instrument I kind of wonder how much accountability is taken into consideration when but if I told like this is done if I told you to tell Eric to tell Micah to tell Andrew to tell Emerson this is not to tell ben, the Goblet to of Fire kill, movie it's not that long winded though to kill to kill like a random person I wouldn't be guilty of it I, you know I couldn't split myself from that I think well, he's no, actually performed the killing all we're you can't really compare that though all we're because suggesting is, Riddle is, had complete control yeah, over the basilisk exactly all he says but is he, you know he commands a giant snake to, 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 to attack a girl but he isn't actually doing it though you know saying saying go and kill him but his I bet malice his, the act, but malice I guess the thing I know is, he's got malice but, but he isn't doing it he isn't killing anyone the difference is that he means it, though. 
I think. It, whenever he does you mean would, it. If you turn to Andrew and say, Andrew, go get Laura, I, I would hope that you were kidding. But <laughs> No, Laura. No, Laura. I'm a serial killer. You can see it but in I my mean, eyes. You can, absolutely. You can. But if but if Tom Riddle or, or Lord of Voldemort turns to somebody and says, kill them, he's completely not joking. He's completely Of course serious. he isn't. He, he isn't, but I just... We're, it's just, just, we're like, just wondering if it splits your soul. I mean... I'm just wondering... It's a proxy killing. It's like... I don't see... How precise it is, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't... Um, it's like if... I just don't think... If you actually... If you actually kill someone, then, you know, that... You're violating nature by... I think it depends if the violation of nature <laughs> is what splits your soul or whether it's the sort of decision to kill someone. Because if, like, if, say, if you stab someone and that killed them, if the stabbing is the thing that splits your soul, then perhaps you do have to do it. But if, as you say, and it's a very good point, that it's the malice, you know, intent that you have, the sort of guilty mind of doing it, then perhaps it's that that splits your soul, or perhaps the... It's the ability to be able to kill that can do it. I well, know. I think I just think all all I'm thinking, and I'm, I, I know you can have malice, but then there's what actually takes to do the unforgivable curses. For well, yeah, instance. yeah. Um, well, yeah, you, precisely, yeah. Well, what I'm saying though is that commanding the basilisk to kill Moaning Myrtle is killing Moaning Myrtle, as far as I'm concerned. I think that should have been powerful enough to split a soul because you are you are sending the big big snake to, on this girl. I think that is. Strong enough, not just a utility or a tool, but I think that was strong. That should be strong enough to split Voldemort's soul. Yeah, I don't think that yeah, you know no, anything. That's true. You know, not not just you know thinking about it and being evil enough to possibly do it won't. But if you, I I still think it should count when he set the snake on her. That that was killing. Right. That was him killing her. Okay, are we ready for the next one? Yep. Hey, Mogulcast. This is Ma. I'm 14 and I live in North Carolina. My question is. In the 2005 interview with J.K. Rowling, Emerson asked Joe what Dumbledore would see if he looked in the mirror of, of Air's Ed. Joe couldn't answer this question, which obviously means that what Dumbledore wanted more than anything was not for Voldemort to be defeated. If he didn't want that, what do you think Dumbledore did want more than anything? Could this have something to do with the gloom of triumph? Tell me what you think. Thanks. Bye. Um, do you really think so, though? Yeah, what is yeah. all of that? Well, I think what she's <laughs> saying is that if Dumbledore's greatest wish was for Voldemort to be defeated, why would she have to be so secretive about it? Wouldn't Dumbledore, as a person who is typically known as seeing the wider picture, realize that evil isn't vanquished just because one evil person is, uh, is vanquished? Voldemort's just, you know, Grindelwald sounds very, very deadly, and he, he, for all we know, could be more powerful than Voldemort. If you take the prophecy to be gospel, then Dumbledore couldn't. You know, one interpretation of the prophecy, if you take that to be gospel, then Dumbledore couldn't defeat Voldemort, so it could be that Voldemort isn't as powerful as Grindelwald. That's very intelligent. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric. Yeah, I, I really don't think that... I don't think that um, she's she was doing that just to kind of leave the question open. I think that what Dumbledore would want most is significant. As for it applying to the, the gleam of triumph that we saw in his eye, I'm not sure. Um... I mean, that could have been for a million different reasons, but I yeah, think that true. generally, overall, Dumbledore just wants a peaceful world. I don't think he really wants more than that. Uh, well, I mean, I could see it just being as something as simple as... I, I mean... Yeah, but if you remember... Maybe he didn't see anything. Maybe he just saw himself. Maybe he doesn't... Uh, isn't affected but, by something But didn't like he that. say that only 
only the happiest yeah. man on earth would yep. see himself as he is. And I don't think... I, I don't know. I just don't see him as the happiest man on earth. But if you'll remember in Sorcerer's Stone, Harry asked Dumbledore what he saw himself as in the Mirror of Erised, And he said he saw himself holding a pair of socks. But Harry got the distinct right. impression that he was lying. Of course. That's what Dumbledore does. And Harry was too young to understand even if he wanted to tell him the truth. So. <laughs> hey, Mugglecast. This is Emily Fourteen from New York. I'm calling in regards to the symbol on the spine of the UK children's edition of Deathly Hallows. I was on the Leaky Lounge recently, and I came across a new theory about it. Someone suggested that it's the wand movement used to make a horcrux, with each shape a different part of casting the spell. The circle is for the piece of soul being preserved, the triangle symbolizes the object in which the soul is encapsulated, and the line is the splitting of the soul. I'm not exactly sure how this fits in with the Delta Phi and white marble, but anyway, this isn't my theory. All the credit goes to the person on the Leaky Lounge. In any case, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. I love your show. Keep up the awesome work. Bye, Pickles. That's a great theory. I like that. It is awesome, yeah. That, that actually is a very good theory. Again. Never came up with it, but I mean, I mean it I, is. I like it does appear to be engraved on something, like on the spine. It, it, it was like on that marble, and there was some debate over. Well, what is it? Is it on? Is it on, is it on Dumbledore's tomb? But then some people shot that that down. Is it on somewhere we haven't seen yet? So I mean, even if it is engraved on something, I guess it could still suggest what you have to do. I'm just trying to think how they would discover that. Like, hmm, here's the symbol. What do we do with it? it it's Horcrux. It reminds me of like. It's sort of like when they hand out papers in class. With I guess, instructions I on guess, how to do but something. it's not like it's not like step one, circle, <laughs> step two, triangle, hold wand between two yeah. fingers. Right. Step two, kill. What someone. this does remind me of. Uh, <laughs> step three. Shout out to all you N sixty four fans out there. Is uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, where you would get these little things on how to play Ooh, your uh, Ocarina, and then Ocarina. Yeah. No, not the Macarena. Sorry, I was just playing the original <laughs> Legend of Zelda on Game Boy Advance. They did the NES version of it, and I have the original you know. Legend of Zelda. Yeah, yeah. Very hard. Very hard game. Jamie, have you ever yes. done the Macarena? No, I have, yeah. Embarrassingly enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I was just going to say, pickleback content this week. <laughs> <laughs> what, the Macarena? <laughs> yeah, why not? It's That was a one-hit it wonder. It really was. It was, yeah. <laughs> I listen to it every day still. Okay. But uh, anyway. no, uh, any other theories about that theory? I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it it's, is it's really a fabulous. Idea, yeah. Joe, any comments? Joe? Joe. Did you say Joe? <laughs> I did. No, she's keeping quiet. Come on, Joe. It's your first time on the show. Oh, yes. That's an excellent theory. I like that theory. <laughs> is it true, though, Joe? <laughs> oh, Thumbs my God. up to the Leaky Lounge. I can't say anything yet. Andrew, <laughs> she, should, she would feel insulted. I told you, we should have, long time ago, a long time ago, we should have had a British woman on the show, just to throw everyone off. It's too late to do it now, but don't you guys think it's cool that Show 100 is, is on the DH release? Come on. It is awesome, yeah. Yeah, it couldn't be in better. London, no doubt. We, yep. Back in August 2005, we actually planned it that way. We were like, yeah, we're going to skip a show this week, this week, this week. Yeah, we did, yeah. Jamie's going to um, yeah, we're gonna yeah. slack off the wrong many uh, weeks. train times this week, which will then... Add two extra shows, yeah. so by July we got it. Yeah, tattooed on our bodies, so we just know exactly when. Uh, you know, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, so we will have uh, more voicemail soon, uh, and we will get to the hotline numbers at the end of the show. If you're interested in calling in your question, we are going to uh, do a du- dueling club segment now. 
It was this was uh, sent in to me the other day. Hey Andrew, I have an idea for a possible dueling club esque debate you could you guys could do on the show. Maybe for the hundredth episode. Okay, well we're doing it now. In a pranking slash. Sl- in a pranking slash mischief making competition, who would win, Fred and George or a young James and Sirius? It could be a fun debate. I was thinking about it the other day, and I couldn't decide myself. Of course, you would have to think of it in a hypothetical universe where they're the same age and the latter aren't dead. But you probably knew that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love this person already. <laughs> Jamie, that was just that was just to prevent you from saying, "Well, James and Sirius won't be doing much joking." Exactly. I was going to. Our if, listeners uh, are well-trained. Like, wow. uh, uh, That's very good, Eric. That's something he would say. They are well-trained. Well done. This comes from uh, Isabel of Seattle, Washington. So, Great city. I, I, think, I think James and Sirius would have more knowledge. Friend and George aren't the brightest bulbs in the box. I kind of got the idea that James and Sirius were a bit more malicious than Fred and George. Like, yeah, you don't I really agree, see them yeah. doing so much pranking as just picking on people. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. And Fred and George would be like good jo- jokers. Like, they'd always have a comeback and they'd always know what to say. So, you know, and they work so well together. And even though James and, and Sirius And they never got well, mad. Like, James and Sirius always got so upset and yeah. hot-headed and Fred and George keep their Yeah, cool. I actually agree with that. I'm saying Fred and George because they're the... They're the pranksters. Sames and Jerry... James... Sames and Jerry's... <laughs> Oh, steady. Uh, James and Sirius were, you know, the troublemakers. Not necessarily the pranksters, but the troublemakers. They were the actual Precisely, ones yeah. who caused trouble. I, I, I think, you know, Fred and George might have a better sense of humor or a better, you know, ability to... I mean, they test their own product on themselves. You know, James and Sirius might not actually, like, do that. Like, yeah, Fred and George are the... You know the, the the pranksters. I think they're just so much better. They ha- have a shop. They've always been that fascinated true, yeah. with that kind of you know prank, good-hearted fun. Whereas James and Sirius kind of you know go wherever the the wind blows them. Anyway, the wind blows. <laughs> anyway, the wind blows. Yeah. Guess that's true. Okay. Um, Eric. Yes. Crackpot theory. Are you ready? Yes. 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 I just pulled this out of my email real quick. Alyssa, 16 in Norway, says Snape is the real Dark Lord and Voldemort is just a puppet created and used by him. A go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eric, stop stalling. Do it. <laughs> Snape is... Uh, okay, Snape is actually the real Voldemort because... The real Dark Lord yeah. and Voldemort is just a puppet created and used by him. Yes, okay. Well, Voldemort is a puppet and you can tell that by the um, original trailer pictures uh, of Goblet of Fire. There's a little, you know, kind of baby-looking thing. Um, no, okay, Snape lives on Spinner's End, and uh, that's actually um, a pun used by J.K.R., because the uh, she's been spinning this web of deceit, and, of course, at the end of the series, you will oh, learn the actual right. truth. Not bad, not bad at all. Um, I was waiting for you to say that Voldemort was a puppet, as seen on the Potter puppet <laughs> but... <laughs> no, but um, also he sort of looks like a puppet. He sort of, especially on the Order of the Phoenix teaser poster, he sort of like uh, he doesn't look like he has a full body. Actually, he looks like, like Kermit the Frog to me, but he okay. sort of does. And he's got his hand like sticking out like a puppet would if you were to hold out that stick that holds out the hand. But no, that that's a uh, very crackpot and probably absolutely not true at all. If you have a crackpot theory for Eric, emailed in mm. to. Uh, the MongoCast feedback Why form. this segment been destroyed? And make it as crackpot as possible. Yeah, Eric will not read it. But here's the thing. When you email in a crackpot theory, for one, put in the subject line crackpot theory. Second of all, put your crackpot theory and then list uh, your ways of proving it. 
so then we'll read it after his. Um, let me actually read uh, Alyssa's proof for this. She writes, I know, I know, it's not impossible. I, it, it is impossible, but I don't know. J.K. Rowling loves to use red herrings, and Snape had haploid prints, which is like the first half of Deathly Hollows, namely after him. Uh, that means that he's a very, very significant significant character. Plus, wouldn't it be like an incredible plot twist if Voldemort turned out to be just a phantom of some sort controlled by Snape? So that was that was her defense. Now we go to make the connection where you have to uh, make a random connection between Harry Potter and something. It could be anything. So, Laura, your one this week is Harry Potter and replacing one dollar bills with minuscule hamsters. <laughs> Oh, it could be anything. It could be anything. Come on, Laura, snap, snap. Well, well, I mean, Fred and George did replace people's wands with those uh, those fake wands that turned into other things. So, I mean, you never know. Somebody, I I don't know. All I get is the replacement aspect of this (laughs) (laughs) thing. So one day you can pull out a dollar bill, and oops, there's a hamster. Precisely, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Courtesy of Fred and George. Oh yeah, that was pretty (laughs) Jamie. Wait, I, I, there's just times like this when I wonder, like, wait, I don't know. What he thinks about during the day? I, I just, yeah. <laughs> I really do, like, I wonder, like, anytime I'm talking to you and your I am window goes completely idle, I'm like, what is he, what's he thinking about? If, if, if he comes up with stuff like replacing dollar bills with hamsters. But yeah, I mean, that, that's all I've got. Just Fred and okay, George that was, replacing yeah. the ones with the fake ones. That's pretty good. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, I would say, can I uh, just say, I would say that um, the aspect of replacing $1 bills with minuscule hamsters is taking something you know and trust dearly, like you trust that you put your hand into your bucket and take out a $1 bill, and replacing it with something you aren't so keen on and aren't used to, so I think that Harry being thrust into the wizarding life could be, you know, he's used to waking up in his closet, but I think that could be one of them. But but Jamie, that's that's an ill comparison because you were talking about last time how we've got to do it correctly, and from yes. the one dollar bill aspect, you're talking about a person's trust being deceived, and and from the other, you're talking about no no Harry's no, n- not deceived. Being thrown no no I, I'm no no I'm just talking about things, the expectation of normality oh, whatever, Jamie. and the and the replacement. Okay, okay, no. fine, I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Micah, yours is Harry Potter and Elvis flying a. UFO into the Yeti. Oh my god. <laughs> into a Yeti. Into a yeti. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, clearly, um, if you go back to uh, Chamber of Secrets, Harry and Ron uh, flew a, uh, a uh, car into the Whomping Willow, so <laughs> that's about all I can do with that. <laughs> I like that. Very much. Very, very much. Okay, Andrew. Yes. This relates to a video you saw today, so if you don't get this, you know, it's going to be slightly disappointing. Your connection is Harry Potter... I'm trying to think about which videos I've seen today. You've seen a lot. (laughs) This one is Harry Potter and buying an iPhone and dropping it the minute you get it out. (laughs) (laughs) Let me set this up for you. There's this hilarious video on YouTube. Uh, The iPhone just came out yesterday, and there's this awesome video on YouTube where this guy, it's very windy out. The guy opens his iPhone up, brand new, and the first thing that happens is the iPhone just flies out and lands on concrete. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but anyway. Uh, Can I get a link to that? Because that's 
Yeah, we'll, we'll put, <laughs> it, we'll it put that in the funny. show notes. Show notes. It's actually on Dig. It's so sad. I feel bad for him. And then after that, there's a clip that shows him uh, buying a case for it. Uh, but the iPhone still works, thankfully. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I guess the connection you can make between this is that uh, it's dumb luck. You know, you're always looking forward to uh, 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 a big event like this. Like, uh, say Harry was looking forward to uh, one of his Quidditch ma- matches. Remember the... Uh, Remember the Dementors uh, took over by, uh, you know, sweeping in and sort of, they got in the way and he crashed and all that. So, I mean, I guess there's a lot of examples in Harry Potter where there's a big event or there's something that someone was really looking forward to and then all of a sudden, you're done. Uh, Very good. But, narrowly escaped. As this guy in the YouTube video, he did escape. His iPhone was okay. He did, yeah. Harry was okay. And I cannot wait to buy an iPhone myself. <laughs> Very good. Eric? Yep. Your connection is between Harry Potter and a tsunami of chocolate milk. (laughs) Alright, the tsunami of chocolate milk will probably be caused by seismic activity deep in the heart of the chocolate ocean. And seismic activity, as we know, comes from the center of the Earth, obviously. The rotating core of the Earth causes uh, shifting tectonic plates and creates the magnetic field and all sorts of all sorts of basic tremors and things that cause earthquakes, as did the um, tsunami of the Malaysia region on Christmas 2004. <laughs> now, Very the good, Eric. Very tsunami... Good. Now, now in a chocolate... In a scenario of chocolate, um, chocolate tsunami, uh, or in any scenario, if it's a tsunami, it could be caused very really by an earthquake. And I was thinking about that as it related to the core of the Earth, and it just really made me more excited for uh, Deathly Hallows, really, because um, we've got another book with Lupin surviving in it, and Lupin is best known for his chocolate, uh, and, and, and chocolate is supposed to give you warm, fuzzy thoughts, which Wings. the book series could could yeah. could uh, could you know could do well with with some of. And they'll be going to what we've speculated, the core of the Earth, or at least underground, where Gringotts is. Um, and that could be where something happens that causes a great big shift, and in the tectonic plates, and there could be a collision somewhere. And in the world of chocolatiers, um, and the Nesquik and Cocoa Puff uh, bird, uh, that could be a serious problem for some of them. Um, I th- wow. don't think a lot of people are coming up with a lot of the ramf- ramifications that Harry Potter Book Seven might have on the advertising world. Okay, Eric, you win. God. <laughs> It's very good. Very, very good indeed. I'm very impressed. God. I think this segment is now um, called Make the Century as opposed to <laughs> Make the Connection. Well, if it, um, if it, if it replaces my crackpot theory, I don't mind because I was, that was I a joke, just totally had no idea what to do. That <laughs> uh, was good, though. Thank you. Do you want to joke? Is that it? Is that everyone? Yes. Jamie, you got a British joke to wrap up your... Jamie, I've got two jokes. I've, I've got two jokes. Okay. There was a, there was this Packers fan with a really crappy seat at Lambo. Is that it? Looking with his binoculars, he spotted an empty seat on the fifty-yard line. Thinking to himself, "What a waste!" He made his way down to the empty seat. Now, when he arrived at this seat, he asked the man sitting next to it, "Is this seat taken?" The man replied, "This was my wife's seat. She passed away. She was a big Packers fan." The other man replied, "I'm so sorry to hear of your loss. Loss. May I ask why you didn't give the ticket to a friend or relative?" The man. Re- replied they're all at the funeral (laughs) 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 and one last one 
And this this sort of makes fun of one state. The only reason I've picked this state, Andrew, is because you live there. So it oh. isn't... I don't think anything bad thing about this state. In fact, I love this state. So the National Transportation Safety Board recently divulged that they had covertly funded a project with the U.S. automakers for, for the past five years, whereby the uh, automakers were installing black box voice recorders and pickup trucks. This was done in an effort to determine when accidents occurred, the circumstances in the last 15 seconds before the crash. They were surprised to find in 59 of the fi- sorry in 49 of the 50 states, the last words of drivers in 61.2 percent of crashes were "Oh no." Only the state of New Jersey was different, where 89.3% of the final words were, Hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> I've heard that joke before. That's not true. New Jersey well, is not the armpit of America that everyone seems to think sounds, it is. Sounds like Georgia. But... <laughs> your dad it sounds like my state, says like half the listeners, yeah. Well, uh, let's wrap things up today with a uh, final uh, chicken soup here. This one comes from Joe19 of Sweckley, Pennsylvania. Hey guys and Laura, I had the honor, please note the sarcasm, of being selected for jury duty and had to report for it last Monday. From talking to neighbors and such about how I had to go, they told me that it would be one of the most boring days of my life. They then told me to bring a book or something to do to keep myself busy for the day. We all know where this is going. I got to the courthouse a little before 8am and basically sat there doing nothing until a little after 4pm. Oh, that stinks. Luckily, I brought my iPod and had many episodes of MuggleCast on there to keep me busy during those long, horrible, and dull hours. I also received wow. many stares from the older crowd of people around me. I'm 19, as I sat there in the lounge chuckling to myself. At one point, I literally laughed out loud and had three quarters of the room staring at me when Andrew made that awesome joke, basically on every episode he has ever been on. Uh, the one person sitting next to me asked what I was listening Which to. Which joke huh? do you make on everyone? Uh, what, like a variety, like you know, different ones every week. Uh, the one person oh, sitting next. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought she said one specific joke. Sorry. Go no, on. it's a he. But yeah, the one person sitting next oh, to me asked what I was listening to since I was laughing, and I told her that I was listening to MuggleCast, which is a Harry Potter podcast. And she told me that she was also obsessed with Harry Potter. The both of us discussed what we thought would happen to the boy wizard, as well as the many theories we supported. So I just wanted to thank you guys so much for making what was supposed to be one of the most boring days of my life one that was very relaxing and enjoyable. You guys are keeping my spirits up. I just found out we were le- leaving for Italy on July 20th day before HP7 comes out for a three-week vacation. Oh, and he could stop by our big event. So thanks for everything you do and for <laughs> keeping a smile on my face. Thanks again and keep up the fantastic work. Can I Joe just say, Sw- Swickley, I'm, Pennsylvania. I'm extremely jealous because I want to do jury service. I really, really, really would love you to do, do not. I want like a I really, too. really complex case. I want, I want a murder case. Or treason. You are or like nice, sir. international espionage or war crimes or crimes against treason. humanity. Yeah. But I know I'm going to get something rubbish. <laughs> How about you, Laura? What case do you want? Oh, well, anything along those lines. But knowing me, I would get yeah. some BS, like, like stole, stole a CD from the local <laughs> <laughs> store. Today on the People's Court. Yeah. Some crap. You know, I want to be on... Stole my- have you ever wanted to be on Judge <laughs> Judy? <laughs> I have yeah, always w- to. wanted to be on Judge Judy. That would be great. Just start your own show. Anyway. Start your own show. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I want, Judge Laura. No, no, no. I, I want to be on Judge Judy. I want to be no, one of the psychos. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. You don't. The, the, the cases are so, so sort of like immature and childish. It's like he stole my CDs. I, I As know, you say, I saw hilarious. one. I, I know I saw one when like these this mother st- stole her daughter's boyfriend's CDs or something like that. What? How can anyone go to court over that? Oh, if you, I don't know, Jamie. Now, uh, I he stole my sad. hair thing last summer. 
You, nev- I stole you never what? gave it back. My hair thing. You stole it. You never gave it back. I'm going to see what they call what? it. Claims court. No, no joke. Oh. You had a hair thing of mine. You I never s- gave it back. I, wait. I stole it on purpose. I smell it every night just before I go to bed. Mm. <laughs> Guys, Gross. let's do something here. Let's just participate in something called making it real. Guys, by the end of this month, Harry Potter 7 will be out. I know. It's very scary. But by the end of this month, we'll know everything that ever happens in Harry Potter. I think I floored you guys with that. In a month from now. At the yeah. end of this it's true. month, it's true. we will know it's what true. happens. In Harry Potter 7. And we'll also know if, if, if Harry Potter 5 is a good movie or not. But, you know. I know. It's, it, it's unbelievable. It's so close. It's not even funny. Like, can you imagine, like, uh, just how long have you been Harry Potter fans and not known how it would all end? I know, it's crazy. Anyway, I know, that's it. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, but we do want to remind everyone about our contact information. Then we'll have a little more banter, of course. Uh, you can uh, contact the P.O. Box. Laura, how do uh, people mail stuff uh, via P.O. Box? You, you, can, you can mail stuff to P.O. Box 3151, coming Georgia, 30028. I'm kind of amazed because nobody burst into laughter when I said it this time. It's awesome. I was We're waiting all very for it because usually Jamie just We're loses all very it. Here. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we do want to remind everyone you can contact us via telephone also. If you're in the United States, you can dial 1-218-20 Magic. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial 020-81-440-6677. If, 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 if you're in Australia, you can dial 028-003-5668. And uh, who knows, maybe your voicemail will be on the next MuggleCast. Try to keep the questions general. Don't go off on some silly theory or something that's absurd come on just admit it to yourself no because then we just won't play it <laughs> be sarcastic there'll be more chance or of you can on. Skype the username MuggleCast uh, that's M-U-G-G-L-E-C-A-S-T on Skype just remember for either calling or Skype message keep your message under, under a minute long and eliminate as much background noise as possible you can also visit MuggleCast.com for a handy feedback form to con- contact any one of us or just use our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. We also have the community outlets, of course. We got the MySpace, the Frapper, the Facebook, the YouTube, the Last FM fan listing, and the forums over at MuggleCastFan.net. Uh, MySpace, MySpace.com slash MuggleCastFans. You can also dig the show at dig.com. Good for us once a month at Podcast Alley. It's a new month, so make sure you do that. Well, it will be a new month very soon. Oh, no, it is a new month. Happy July, everyone. Happy July. And also rate and review us at Yahoo Podcasts and on iTunes, of course. That's about it. I'm in Jamie's room, and I want to get out of here. <laughs> I want to break free. Don't you, Andy? Yes, I do. Why so, do you get uh, out of that? What's with, with that, it? it's a little cramped. It's a little too blue. I like the pink room that you're in right now. <laughs> oh, do you, Andrew? Are you a big fan of the pink? Pink's sort of my color. Pink's sort of my color. So, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Th- thank you. Seriously, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you. Thank you. Just and you. thank you. And, and listeners like you. Thank we should you do like for a, spending your time listening to this. You no, know, on our final show, we should do like a, a, a graduation readout everyone's name who ever listened. <laughs> Every single like listener. John Smith. <laughs> thank idea. you. Tom Jones. Yeah, we'll thank do that you. for John for, Smith. For episode, did, did John Smith listen for episode to our 101, show? Our, our final show, uh, please email yeah. your name and we'll read it. And thank you. Definitely. <laughs> Just kidding. Episode 101 is not our last show. Please don't complain. Uh, 
We're going to have so much That's to That's episode about. 102. Yes. Episode 102. We'll ever be able to end the show, guys. <laughs> do you really think we'll ever be able to end the show? Yes. Though? We will absolutely. do like one year anniversary yeah. of the closing. We'll all come back. Yeah, we should. We'll have like kids. Our children will be on. To, to be- you're you're going to have kids in wow. the one year anniversary? No, Eric? I mean five You'll year be anniversary, like ten year anniversary. We're never going to be, be able to like. We'll always be updating the feed. To be honest. We'll miss this so much. Yeah. To be honest, I just want to say, I don't think MangoCast is ever going to end. However, the weekly podcast will at some point. I don't think MangoCast... MangoCast can go on for years and years, just not on a weekly basis. So, it'll always be around. Well, I, I, I could really see... Uh, 20 years from now is a real stretch, but say 5, 10 years from now, doing an occasional episode. Okay, Jamie. Jamie wants to get out of here. So, uh, Most, it's, it isn't the... the I want to get out of, out of here, but it's late. Will you stop making noise? I know, it's late. You're right. Okay. Uh, so once again, <laughs> thank you for listening. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Laura Thompson. And I'm Mike Tannenbaum. Visit MuggleCast.com for all the tour information you need, and definitely show up in Chicago or London for two of the biggest events in <laughs> London. <world>. Sorry, London. <laughs> that's what I said, right? Chicago or London. No, I was, yeah. I, I was, oh, doing London, that thing where London. people cough and <laughs> say something and then pretend they cough. Oh, no, uh, oh really? Oh really? <laughs> I thought you had a cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see everyone next week for episode eighty-nine. And oh my gosh, ninety-eight. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ninety-eight. Jeez. Bye. Laura, 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 I gave your pants back, right? Did you get them? Hey, <laughs> oh, Eric, 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 it's, um, nice, Eric. No, we have to cut that no, out. Did listen. you get your pants back? I, 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 I did. Laura get wants to Thank cut you. it out because it's true. That's the funny part. Laura, could I just I play just, it no, off? Were they suitably no. washed? Look, it's, no, it's perfectly, perfectly good explanation, okay? It was just in Los Angeles. She left a few hours before me, and, and she packed everything except one pair of pants, and I said, oh, that's Laura's. I think I should take it with me, and I'll mail it back to her when I get home. Uh, eight months after the fact. Eight months later, <laughs> yeah. I did, yeah. <laughs> I didn't get it until, like, right before you left for New Zealand, All right, but whatever. That's, that's a little weird, well, Eric, but... Better late than ever. <laughs> Andrew, uh, w- <laughs> we should tell the... Uh, we should tell the uh, story of when you found my underwear in your sister's room. And I don't know how it got there, seriously. So, so I seriously have no idea how, how it got We've there. moved so. on from that. I don't want to think about that. Um. Andrew, Guys! Your mum must have sorted there accidentally, because I swear, I didn't do anything untoward. It was. It probably was my mom made the mistake, but um, because your underwear is girly underwear, so she probably thought, oh, it's Becca's. So yes, it's completely. I wear. I wear knickers. What? What a knickers! What a knickers! <laughs> Jamie.